All right, back again for a Cash Medi podcast. Uh, we got baseball around the corner. They finally made an agreement. Looks like we're going to be playing July 23rd. I know some people are still concerned with the coronavirus. I'm not too worried about the coronavirus as long as the death rate continues to go down. I think they'll play. If the death rate starts going up, then yeah, then you got a problem and you're going to have to cancel the season. Um, as far as the cases go, you know, they keep increasing, but I think, you know, as long as long as the death rate continues to drop, I think they'll play. I mean, look, the Padres and every other team, you're going to get players that are going to get it, but I think they'll be able to manage it. And it's going to be a fluke season, you know, for any baseball team. It's, But I think they will be able to play the season. Um, so today I'm going to be talking about you know, the Padres in the 2020, you know, team, 60 games that they're going to be playing. But the main things I'm going to be talking about is the the draft that they had. And then the, I'm going to talk about the offseason because I think they're, they're primed to make a huge trade in the offseason and really go for it in 2021 and have a, you know, have a five-year plan that they could be really good in. I mean, after this draft, I'm really – Excited, hopefully that they could sign Wilcox, and I'll talk about that. But let's talk about the season that we're going to be most likely having. Not 100% sure they're going to have the season, but I feel pretty confident they will be able to manage the season in baseball. Um, I think some of the rules, like a 60-game season, is going to benefit the Padres in a lot of ways. Like you got you got a pitching staff of. Chris Paddock, Garrett Richard, and Nelson Lament. All three of them, you know, have had recent Tommy John surgeries. And if those guys can just pitch three, four innings, like I would say the first outing, you know, I wouldn't expect more than four innings from a guy because the spring training is going to be short. You're not going to, you know, the second spring training they're going to have, the arms aren't going to be that great. And then you're going to have so much depth. The Padres pitching staff has so much depth, especially in the bullpen. And they have guys, other starters that can give, you know, some quality innings that you're not going to need your pitcher to pitch, you know, five, six innings every outing and be like, oh, well, if we don't go five, six innings, we're going to tax our bullpen. You're going to start the season with 30 players, it sounds like. I'm assuming you're going to have extra, you're going to have extra pitchers. Like, here's the situation. Like, Paddock's probably your opening day pitcher. I say his first game, he goes three or four innings. And then you got, you know, a Quantrill go, like, two innings. So you're already five innings in. You know, Strom can go another two innings. And then that's seven innings. You know, and then you got Pagan or Pomeranz bringing it to Yates. I mean, that's a normal game right there. Then you could say, okay, Strom and Quantrill... Since they pitched two innings, we'll probably need the next day off. Well, you have Garrett Richard. Let's say he went three or four innings, what have you. You got Craig Stammen can go two innings the next day. Pierce Johnson can go an inning. Joey Lucchese, you know, you know, if you're on a four-man rotation, I think Mackenzie Gore is going to give you some quality innings. Uh, Javi Guerra. I mean, every single guy that they're going to be throwing out there, I think uh, Jose Castillo, Michelle Baez can go two innings. What I'm saying is I think the Padres, this 60-game situation, if you got a deep bullpen like the Padres have, I think you're going to be you're going to benefit more than 
oh, you got some elite starters, like front of the rotation guys, like, you know, the Washington Nationals. Yeah, they got, you know, big time three studs that are almost like aces, but you can't count on those guys going seven innings right out right out of um, opening day. You got to count on those guys going four or five innings, and then you got to go to a shitty-ass bullpen that they have, or not that good of a bullpen. I know they won the World Series, but their bullpen's not that good compared to the Padres, or it shouldn't be on paper. So I think they have a disadvantage there. And yeah, a month into the season, maybe after like three starts, you might be able to say Strasburger can give you seven, and then you know, you could go to a four-man rotation because you're only playing 60 games. So you have Scherzer and Strasburg maybe, you know, getting more starts that way. But that's already a month into the season. You can't right away, those guys can't go six, seven innings, or I highly doubt it. Um, so I think stuff like that is going to give the Padres an advantage. Now, the Padres got... Three guys coming off of Tommy John's in recent seasons and Chris Paddock, Garrett Richard, Denelson Lament. But like I said, their their bullpen should be really good and they should be able to only have to throw those guys three, four innings. Um, I assume you're going to see Mackenzie Gore this year. That's going to be very interesting how they use him. Zach Davies, you know, we'll see what we got out of him. I mean, he could give you probably two, three innings almost every start. And then after two two starts, maybe give three, four innings. Um, you got Patino could probably, I don't know how they're going to use him. And you got, you know, Lucchese. They're going to have enough arms, you know, starting with Quantrill too. You're going to have enough arms starting and almost piggybacking the starter is kind of what I'm trying to say. And the bullpen is should be lights out, man. You got Kirby Yates, you know, Pomeranz and Emilio Pagan setting them up. That's a... Those guys, however they want to use it, I would assume Pagan's going to be the eighth inning guy. And then Pomeran's probably like the sixth, seventh inning guy to get it to uh, Yates. I mean, that's pretty that, that's pretty damn good. You throw in, you know, Stammen. I know a lot of people don't like Stammen, but I think Stammen's going to be used in a much better situation. Last year, he was almost like your eighth inning guy, seventh, eighth inning guy to get it to Yates. Now he's going to be like your fifth, sixth inning guy to hand it off to Pomeranz and Pagan. Um, Pierce Johnson is supposedly supposed to be pretty good. Now they lose Andrews Munoz, you know, who would have been another seventh inning guy setting up Yates. He's out for the season, but you get Jose Castillo back this year. He was really good two years ago. Michelle Baez, I'm really high on. I think he's going to be a really good reliever. He's got two good two good pitches. He could go two three innings anytime you want. Like you know, he's been a starter. It's not he's not just a one inning guy. I think Javi Guerra's got a chance to have a decent season or a decent you know throw him in in, in games that just to see what you got in him in blowout games either way. And then I think Matt Strom. Is much better off. Like last year, he was starting, and then he wore down as a, as the season went on because he wasn't used to starting. You could use him as a two three inning guy. Um, they're gonna have enough arms. They're gonna be they're set up pretty well pitching wise, especially on the depth. Now, you know, first base Hosmer. I expect a pretty 
pretty de- you know same thing out of him pretty decent numbers second base they're they're below average at second base with Profar and Garcia obviously Tatis is you're looking at an all-star shortstop with the arrow pointing up with him I think Machado should have a bounce back season all this season is going to be it's it's going to be hard to judge him you might have a fluke type of season completely from everybody because you're rushing into spring training or whatever you know, going in now, and then, you know, you get off to a slow start as a hitter. Next thing you know, the season's over, and, you know, what have you. 60 games is just in baseball. That's just not enough games. Um, Tommy Fan was a huge pickup for the Padres this offseason. I wouldn't expect him to be as good as some of the Padre fans think he's going to be, though. I'd be a little little down on him as far as expectations. I want to see what Francisco Mejia does this year. I think that this is a this is a big, you know, evaluation season for him. Um the outfield, you know, Myers, Franchi Cordero, um Trent Grisham, I want to see what we got from him. You know, Myers, Franchi Cordero, hit or miss on those type of players, but with the DH, you know, Naylor, I think you're going to be able to spot start guys and get better situations like Myers will be able to play against left-handers, Franchi Cordero, right-handers, Naylor, right-handers, what have you. So I think they got enough depth. I think they got a pretty good shot of, you know, hovering around 500, maybe being a wild-card contender. I don't think they'll make the wild-card this year. And obviously it's going to be tough to make any predictions for this season. I think it's going to – you know, with the coronavirus, like if, if Tatis gets the coronavirus, you know, he's out two weeks, it fucks your whole team up. You know, Machado gets it too. I mean, we don't, I don't think we have a good enough hitters to overcome a Machado or Tatis coronavirus, you know, type of, with six, with only 60 games, if you're one of your star players, you know, to me, we have two like superstars, Machado and Tatis. Um, those guys are out for two weeks with coronavirus. I don't feel like we got enough proven hitters or good enough hitters to overcome that in a in such a small sample size and it's such a small season with 60 games. Um, is it, it will be fun to watch him? And as far as Tingler goes this year, I don't know, you know, kind of what to expect from Tingler. I'm not going to put too much evaluation into him because I think it's a it's a tough situation. You didn't really get to you didn't really get too much time with your team. In spring training, that got caught short. Uh, it's his rookie season, you know, as a manager. I mean, this is tough for him. You're going to have a lot of players. You're, you're going to have 30 guys on the roster from at the beginning, and then I think it goes down to like 28 and then 26 for some reason. I have no fucking idea. So how he plays guys and how he interacts with people, I mean, that's going to be tough. As a first-year manager, I don't think he knows the team well enough to. I'll be stunned if if he manages that great. Do I think he'll be better than Andy Green? Yeah, I think he will be. I don't even know anything about him, but I just that's how much I didn't think Andy Green was that good. But you know, I mean, it'll be fun to watch. You know, Gore, maybe even Patino this year, especially Gore. I think Gore will. You know, he can give you some innings in there. He can go two innings every time you put him out there. I don't, you know, you don't want him, like if this was a regular 
normal season, I wouldn't want to start him, like, especially right now. No way. He didn't pitch enough in the minor leagues. But, you know, you got a game like 7-2 and it's in the eighth inning, ninth inning, and you want to save someone's arm and, and you got gore or something. Yeah. I mean, see what he's got. Like, it's better that he he should be on the team compared to not be on the team and not really – I don't know what they're doing with the minor leaguers. They go to some camp. But, I mean, I would like to see him see what he could do, you know, a little bit. But you don't want to push him and say, hey, we need you to go five, six innings. And No, he's not ready for that yet. Stuff like that. So, um, But like I said, I think they'll be, you know, as long as they don't get too many coronavirus stuff or an injury – it's just like if you get a couple of injuries, like you're gonna be fucked. Like there's no, there's not time to make up for it. Is kind of what I'm trying to say. Uh, Hedges sucks, you know, as a catcher. So Francisco Mejia to me, like if there was one guy that I hope has a big season, it's Francisco Mejia. Or or kind of you feel comfortable going into 2021. You're like, oh, we got our catcher, we got Mejia. That would be huge. I think Machado, you know. If it was a regular season, normal season, I think he was going to have a much better season. I've said this a bunch of times. You know, he had a whole whole off season last year where he's, you know, signs real late. He's The whole free agency took him out of his rhythm, and you could just tell at the beginning of the season he wasn't in rhythm. He got into rhythm like halfway through the season, and then he quit at the end of the season, him and Hosmer, and it screwed up their numbers. Uh, Machado... I guess he only hit like 213 at Petco. You know, he's got to bring that up. If he has another terrible season at Petco, that's going to be a little worrisome. But um, the main thing I wanted to talk about is basically going into next season. And let's start with the MLB draft that they just had. Uh, They just signed the first rounder, Hazel. You know, I don't know any of these, Robert Hazel. I don't know if these guys are any good. I've never seen any of them. I mean, I've just seen highlights and scouting reports. But, I mean, Hazel, you know, most people had him as a top 10 player, top 12, whatever. And the Padres got him, whatever pick they had, eight. Um, and he seems like a legit pick. They got him signed already. And then, you know, they used Lane, the pitcher Lane, in the second round. They got him signed. They got everyone signed except for Wilcox so far. But they they have enough money, it looks like, to sign Wilcox. And... When I started going through, you know, the minor leaguers and all the pitchers that they're going to have for the years coming, I started thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, dude, they are, they are prime for a big-time move come this offseason, especially, especially if they can sign Wilcox. Because Cole Wilcox, I'm not a big Peter Gammons guy, but Peter Gam- or not Peter Gammons, uh, Keith Law. Keith Law had him rated as the number 14 prospect in the draft I saw some other ones you know he was hovering around 25 23 whatever he's a first round talent from everything that the scouting reports and the guys that you know watch the draft or pay attention to all that stuff so if they're able to sign him and you put him in with all the pitchers that they have okay so come next year you're gonna I would assume Garrett Richard is gone but you're going to have Chris Paddock, who's going to have two seasons under his belt or a year and a half, because this is only basically like a half a season. But he's going to be primed like going into his third season. You're going to feel real comfortable with Chris Paddock. Okay? I think Paddock's a really good, 
He's a great number three or, or he's a good number two. I don't think he's an ace. You want someone else above him, but I think he could be a, a number two and a, a damn good number three. Then you got Denelson Lament, who I think is going to be, who's who I think is going to have a who, if it was a regular normal season, I I thought he was going to have like a breakout season. I think Lament could be as almost as good as Paddock and be a two or a three. But let's just say he's a three. I think he'll be a solid number three. Paddock's not a free agent until 2025. Lament's not a free agent until 2024. So the first two pitchers you feel pretty good about, but but neither one of them is an ace. Then you're going to have Mackenzie Gore, and Mackenzie Gore, you know, is getting his his feet wet. So you don't expect him. Yeah, he's one of the top prospect pitching prospects. I think the Jesus uh, Lazardo on um, the A's. I think he's a better pitcher than Gore as far as the prospect goes. But he's probably the number two pitching prospect in all baseball. Um. So he would be your number three. You'd have Paddock, Lament, Gore. In this in this scenario, um, but you're getting your feet wet. He doesn't have to be an ace. Then you would have, you know, and and look, he's getting his feet wet this year in Gore. So coming in the next year, he's not he's not just a, you know, a full on rookie. I mean, he'll you know be around major leaguers and he'll feel a little more comfortable going into next season. Then you would have Luis Patino. I don't know if he'll be on the team this year or pitch at all or what have you. And you would have Zach Davies. That would be – and Davies is just okay. He's he's just a five. Patino, he's got – Patino and Gore have number one stuff. They could be ones. I wouldn't expect them to be ones right away is where I'm getting at. But this is the reason why I think they're primed to go make a huge trade and go get – like I'm, the guy I'm circling and kind of eyeing is Mike Clevenger from the Indians. And Clevenger's not a free agent until 2023. So you would have two years of Clevenger if you made a trade and then everybody takes a step back. So you would have Clevenger as your ace, Paddock two, Lament three, Gore four, Patino five. And then you would have Davies kind of, you know, as six. You would have Quantro. You know, could be a seventh guy. Ryan Weathers has a chance. I don't know if he'd make the team in 2021. You would still have Lucchese. So that's eight guys. Uh, Jacob Nix, somewhat. That's nine guys. And Adrian Morahone. And then Cole Wilcox, he's not going to be on the team next year, but he wouldn't be that far away. They got Anderson Espinosa. That's a hit or miss, maybe. Joey Cantillo. I mean, they have so many pitchers that to me, this is the time to trade two or three of them and get that ace. Because the bullpen still should be good. Whatever you do with Kirby Yates, Yates is going to be a free agent. I would probably let him go. I don't know. If you get that number one pitcher in Clevenger or or an ace type of pitcher like Clevenger, then maybe I would sign Yates because I'm kind of like almost like all in in 2021, and I you're gonna have you're gonna have a period five year span where you should be good. You're gonna have a window where you should be good. Pomeranz still should be good next year in the bullpen. Pagan should be good. Javi Guerra, he's a maybe. Strom probably or Stammen, eh? What you know? I wouldn't count on him. Strom, I think would still be you know a piece in your bullpen. 
I think Pierce Johnson, you know, 2021, he should be fine. Andres Munoz, maybe he comes back. Jose Castillo, Michelle Baez, you know, wherever they put Adrian Morhone, although I'm going to put probably Morhone in a trade. Here's what I'm talking about, though. Let's say to get Clevenger, what would it take? I'm willing to give up like a C.J. Abrams. And everyone I know on Padre Twitter is going to be like, dude, you don't trade C.J. Abrams. Well, think about it. If C.J. Abrams is a center fielder, you have a chance at having a good young center fielder in Trent Grisham. We're going to see what we got in Trent Grisham this year. It's only 60 games, but let's see what we got. You got Robert Hassel, who you just drafted in the first round. You got Hudson Head, drafted the third round last year from all the reports. Looks like a damn good find there. Now, both of those guys, Hazel just got drafted out of high school, and so did Head, if I'm not mistaken. And um, so those guys are going to take some time. So they're not, you know, they're they're not going to be on the roster in 2021 or 2022. But if Grisham pans out, you could trade one of those guys you know, and you, you're you going to feel comfortable because you still have a lot of depth. You're going you're gonna to feel comfortable because, let's say, Grisham, you only want him for like two, three years until either Abrams, Head, or Hassel comes up. Well, shit, dude. It's almost like recruiting, like in, you know, college football. When you got a star running back, the junior star running back, hopefully you already had the freshman, you know, already signed. And he's, in, he's, he's just a backup the freshman year, and you know the junior's leaving. Then you got, you know, your five-star running back. Now he's going to be a sophomore, and, you, and he's ready to go. So if Grisham, you know, is good for two, three years, maybe you flip him in a trade after that, and you're bringing up one of these top center fielders. And to get a guy like Clevenger, going back to Clevenger, what would it take? Something – I would assume it takes something like a C.J. Abrams and then – I'd give them like two arms. I would give them, you know, if they're if they like Morahan, I I'd like Morahan. I think Padre Twitter doesn't really like him. I still think he's got a lot of potential. It's all in his head. His stuff is electric, dude. The guy's got. He's probably got the best stuff in the fucking organization. I mean, I think he's that's his stuff's that good. I mean, I think he's only like twenty years old and he's throwing 97, 98. Usually throws about ninety five, ninety six where he sits. His changeup's good. He's got a good curveball. He'll mow through the lineup, and then all of a sudden he'll walk a guy, and he's mentally, he's just mentally weak. And then all of a sudden he'll give up some runs, you know. But let's say you went CGA Abrams, Morahan, Cole Wilcox, and Gabriel Arias for, for Clevenger or something. You know, maybe that's a lot, but I mean. This is this is the time this offseason coming up. This is the time to make make the big trade. You know, maybe you say maybe they maybe they say we don't we don't really want Abrams. We want, you know, a catcher. You know, cuz those are hard to get. So they want Luis Camposano. Well, I'm willing to give up Luis Camposano if Francisco Mejia proves to me, you know, it's a small sample size, but let's say Francisco Mejia has a good season this year. If he proves to me that he's your future catcher and he's only been in, you know, he's Will Young, you don't really need Luis Camposano. This is why having a loaded a loaded um, minor league system gives you the opportunity to trade off some guys that aren't, 
are kind of blocked anyways, you know? So that's why I think it's such a important season to, to evaluate Francisco Mejia is if he can handle the catching position, I'm, I'm pretty sure he could hit. Like, I've, I'm very confident the guy can hit. Can he handle the defense? Can he handle a pitching staff? If he can and he shows you that, then, excuse me, then Caposuano is bait. And he's in on a deal for, you know, I'm just saying Clevenger, just any one of these aces, like whatever, one of these teams, they're going to be willing to trade. You know, I'm just using Cleveland because I think Cleveland, Clevenger is a free agent in 2023. I think Lindor is a free agent. Um, not next offseason, but the offseason after that. So they only got him for two years, basically one and a half years because we're only playing a half a season. Um, maybe you want to trade a Trammell, you know, in a deal because Tommy Pham, yeah, he's only got two years and you kind of want Trammell to be your left fielder. Maybe you're, you know, depending on what Trammell does this, this season, you know, he's kind of looking to be the next left fielder, but I mean, that's, that's a guy I'm willing to give up, you know, if, especially if center field, you know, you don't need him in center field because his arm's pretty weak. So I'd want him in left field. I think he can track down balls enough in center field and stuff like that. But the point I'm trying to make is you got a lot of depth in the minor league system and you got a lot of good young players that this is the time, you know, to make a move. Like Joey Lucchese, guys like that, they have some value on other teams. They're not going to have much value on the Padres. Jacob Nix pretty much has no value on the Padres. I don't see how he gets in a rotation with all these pitchers, you know. So signing a Cole Wilcox, if and when they do, and I'm pretty damn sure they're going to, I mean, it just gives them another guy that other teams are going to really want, and Wilcox is not going to be far away. He just got drafted out of college. He's had three seasons in college. He's only pitched two. Well, almost really one and a half. And so maybe he's a little bit uh, farther away than normally. But still, that uh, you could sell that to your fans if you traded for him. You could be like, hey, he was, you know, the Padres gave him over $3 million. Like, he's, he's got value. Um, maybe Quantrill you want a, a team wants. Um, you're going to have so many options. And the, what I'm trying to say is I thought to get an ace, I thought it was going to take like a Patino, you know, and then you would say, well, we still have Paddock and Gore and we got Lament and we got other guys that can fill in the four and five spots, you know, because they're going to be fine with that stuff. Now I'm, now I'm at the point where the way they've drafted so well lately and they got so many guys that I think will have value to other teams, I'm at the point they don't need to trade a Patino. And I didn't want to trade Patino. I was like, no, let's just kind of slow play it and let seasons go by. And then maybe by 2023, you're looking at, you know, Gore, Patino are fucking studs and Paddock's a stud and shit like that. You don't have to slow play it anymore. You could go get your guy now. And still have enough enough depth where you don't feel like, oh shit, what if one of them goes down? Then we don't have as much depth because we traded two, you know, two arms or three arms for one arm. Because usually I would never really do that. But they have so much depth that I'm willing to do it now for that stud. It's almost like when you the Padres got Kevin Brown. 
It made Andy Ashby go down to number two, Hitchcock to three, Hamilton to four. It set it up so much, so much better. If you got an ace, Paddock goes to two, Lament three, Gore four, Patino five next year. I mean, that's that's gonna be fucking phenomenal. Plus, when you get to the playoffs, you need an ace. Like the Braves this year went into the playoffs with the young, you know, pitching staff, like kind of like how the Padres kind of have. So let's say the Padres went to the playoffs like this year. And let's say they won the wild card game and they play a divisional playoff series. You're throwing Paddock against like other teams' aces. Paddock's going to be like, the other team's going to be like, I don't know, minus 155 or something, you know, betting wise. And they're going to be pretty favored. Highly favored, the other team. Garrett Richard, you know, Lament, like, I mean, those guys, they all have a chance to have a good game. I'm not saying that. But when you're facing Strasburger and Scherzer and you're facing uh, Walker Bueller and stuff, like, you're going to be pretty heavy underdogs in those type of games. Now, if you throw in Clevenger against those guys, then the Padres are probably only minus, you know, um, or the other, the other team is only like minus 115. You know, it's almost like a toss-up. Now, the other option is to go get another bat because pending what Grisham does, and Grisham and, and Mejia, to me, are the keys to this, to this season. If you told me Padres don't make the playoffs this year, but Mejia hits 280, you know, shows that he could play defense, and he looks like a future you know, borderline all-star catcher. And Trent Grisham looks good defensively in center field, on base, mixing like 15, 20 home run power, and can hit 270, 280. If you told me that, I'd take it, I'd sign it up for right now. Because you're talking about a center fielder, which is hard to get, and you're talking about a catcher, which is hard to get. Now, they have depth in the system on both of those positions, you know, um, Camposuano is Concession's uh, top 50 prospect, um, you know, top 60 prospect. I mean, he could be your future catcher if you strike out on Mejia. Center field, like I said, you got a chance at Abrams. You got a chance, a small chance at Tramiel being a center fielder. You got a chance with Grisham. And you got a chance with uh, the two recent picks of Hassel and Head. So you got a lot of depth there, but you're just not ready for it necessarily right now so so maybe you need a bat is kind of what I'm trying to get at second base is the one position I think that I think Abrams if if the team pans out how it could pan out if and if no one's traded I think Abrams is going to play second base because I think you'll figure out your center fielder, like hopefully with Trent Grisham. So I think Abrams would kind of be blocked center field in that sense. And you don't have a second baseman. You could put Abrams at second base. You'd have to tease shortstop Machado, you know, Hosmer. And then you'd have Grisham in center field. We'll say Tramiel in left. And then right field, you know, you'd be missing a player. Now, yesterday on my Periscope, a guy mentioned uh, – uh, Conforto, you know, from the Mets, something like that, though. Because if you get another bat, you know, let's say you put in right field and a left handed bat, 
maybe trade for that instead of the ace. Now, personally, I would trade for the ace because I think your pitching staff would just, you'd have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. But if you got another, what I'm saying too is you could do almost the same type of trade, three for one, four for one. I think what I'm saying is they got enough ammo now to make the trade, make the big trade, and you can really, really speed up this process here. Because I, I was in the sense like, I mean, eventually it was going to get to this point where it's like A.J. Perler has to identify which players he wants to keep and which players he's willing to give up. That's going to be the key for this 2020 season. Now, it's going to be hard, hard to evaluate players because you're only talking about 60 games and you're also talking about some of these guys are just going to a camp like Ryan Weathers. Like, I think Ryan Weathers is really good. He was throwing 94, 95, and then he had like an arm fatigue, and then he was throwing 88, 89. He got it back up to 92, I want to say even 93-ish, you know, his last like two starts. That guy has a really good breaking ball and a really good changeup. Padre Twitter isn't high on him. I'm pretty high on him. Or, or let's just say I still think he could be something. Um... You know, you wanted to get evaluation on a lot of these guys. You wanted to get another season of evaluating Luis Patino. He was going to go to double A this year. You wanted to get like Taylor Trammell. You wanted to see if that second half, you know, late in the season, that last month, month and a half, where he really got hot and he kind of changed his little stroke. You want to see if that was going to translate to this year. It's going to be hard to see, you know, if he's just going to a camp or he's, I don't know exactly how the, all these guys are going to work out because there's no minor league system. You know, you wanted to evaluate that. Like, you wanted to say to yourself, okay, is that our 2022 left fielder? Or is he not that good and we probably should have traded him? You know, it that was going to be the key to this season. Like Adrian Morahan. You know, if he had another bad season, his value was going to go down big time. If he has a bounce back season and he, you know, shows that his stuff, or he pitches up to his potential, you're talking about a top 30 prospect all of a sudden, you know, in all baseball. So you wanted to get an evaluation on, on a guy like him. Um, another year, or C.J. Abrams would have, you know, instead of rookie ball dominating, he hit he hit in low ball, but he wasn't there long. I mean, A ball, he wasn't there long. You wanted to see if he can hit you know, a full season in Fort Wayne and then get up to Elsinore, you know. You wanted to see which guys so that you go into the 2021 offseason and say, okay, here's my list of players I'm comfortable with. Here's a list of players I'm willing to trade. And then here's the players or here's the position that are kind of blocked. The one position or there's two positions that I think they don't have much as far as um, the future goes is I don't really see a right fielder. Maybe one of these, you know, Hazel or Head can move to right field or something. Um, I don't think they have a future right fielder on the team that I'm comfortable with. And then, you know, third base, I mean, you basically only have Machado. I'm, I'm not too high, but, I mean, Machado's got nine more years on his contract. So, you know, whatever. I mean, even Tatis has got... You got a chance with Gabriel Arias as a, you know, he's a chip is kind of what I'm trying to say. Because you don't need Gabriel Arias because you got fucking your franchise player in Tatis and he's young. So as long as Tatis signs, you don't need Gabriel Arias. So he's he's bait. He's 
part of, you know, a trade. Um, second base, unless they move C.J. Abrams there, I, I don't see a future second baseman in the system or on the team, you know, so that might be a position. But that's an easy position to fill every offseason. You could sign some punch and Judy guy. I'm not too worried about that. Um, like I said, with catcher, you got two chances. You got Francisco Mejia, Luis Camposuano. That's pretty good. You know, Blake Hunt maybe. So, I mean, you got a lot of chances, a lot of depth. I mean, you got first base. I mean, you're you're stuck with Hosmer for a couple years. You got Naylor, you know, and the sense of the DH, which does not favor the Padres. It favors the Dodgers. It favors the Nationals. It favors the Phillies, teams that can spend. I know Padre Twitter really likes the DH. Yeah, I mean, it will help us evaluate uh, Josh Naylor. I mean, Naylor can hit a little bit. I, I wish he would hit for more power. If you're going to be a DH guy, I want you hitting 25, 30 home runs. I don't think Naylor's that type of player. I think he'll have a pretty good on-base percentage, pretty good batting average, you know, maybe 15 home run type of guy, 15, 20. But I would like to improve that. Um, and he's getting blocked by Hosmer. He's not... You know, he's not better than Hosmer. I don't think he'll ever be better than Hosmer. So that's basically all I got for today. I mean, the main thing I'm trying to say, though, is come this offseason, they got the ammo to go get a big-time stud pitcher or a big-time bat that can help them out. Because if you could get another bat, then you would have Pham, Tatis, and Machado are legit hitters. Those three, you know, I think Pham... Tommy Pham, I think his arrow's pointing down, so maybe he's not as good as he used to be. And then Hosmer's, you know, he's not legit, but he's pretty good. So you'd have three legit, well, tinkering on Pham being legit. If you went and got another legit hitter, you know, into that mix, then you're talking about five guys that you're pretty comfortable with, and you can mix in the other guys. But... And you could win a lot of games with your bullpen. And they would have depth for starting pitching, but they wouldn't have that ace. I say go get the ace. Push everyone down a slot. And I think you'd be a fucking, probably a 90-win type of season come next season. If you go get that ace or the bat, I think the Padres are set up pretty nicely. All right, so that's all I got for tonight. Go Padres. Don't be afraid to retweet these things. Um, and give like a review. I saw a couple, I think I saw like two reviews. I didn't even know anyone had ever done that. I checked, uh, on these podcasts, give a review. You can tell me I suck. You can tell me maybe talk about this more. Maybe don't talk about this as much. What have you? Um, I'm not afraid. You know, it doesn't hurt my feelings if you tell me I suck. All right, man, take it easy. Good night now.